Hello and welcome back to Rainbow Warrior. I'm your, I'm your host, Sally Edwards, and today I have a very, very special episode. I'm going to be interviewing the wonderful, the fabulous Ebony Rose Dark. Hello, Ebony, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you. Yes, I'm, I'm good, getting through this, uh, these times. Yeah, yeah it's, it's been quite a challenging time, hasn't it? With lockdown, how, how have you how have you found all of that? How have you managed to uh, cope? How has it sort of affected you personally, but also how, how has it affected your ability to keep performing, for example? Well, I mean, so I was placed into the moderate category, which is neither here or there. I mean, it's not a very helpful category to be in because smack bang in the middle, um, and it's kind of it's a category that can't be placed. So. Uh, I decided to go just follow as closely uh, as I could to the shielding people that were shielding um, severe cases. Um, so that, you know, and so I did that for about, oh, I don't know, about like a century, eight weeks. <laughs> uh, um, I had uh, I had a bit of shopping brought around for me. Um and then, because obviously I was in the moderate category, I did—I mean, I did my own shop. And to be honest with you, um, given what I've heard, what I heard about the boxes of food that was coming through, um, I know where I live. Where I live, a lot of the stuff got shared out because a lot of people couldn't actually eat what was in the box, and because dietary requirements were not were not taken into consideration. So, diabetics—you know—a lot of I've got teams of soup which people couldn't have potatoes people couldn't have um yeah i was quite surprised actually but um so i, I mean i did my own shop um i sometimes got deliveroo to get it or uber eats to get it just bread milk bit of salad um and then i when i felt i needed to i would uh take take the plunge into uh, ordering a food shop, which was difficult because uh, the biggies didn't prepare, apart from one, which is Iceland, believe it or not. They were the ones who came out on top. Um, I got most things I wanted. First time round, four items missing. Second time round, two items missing. And finally, uh, last time round, there was probably one thing they replaced, one thing that was missing, and I replaced it with, I don't know, I wanted hummus. They had hummus light, so they gave me hummus light. It's no problem. Wow, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? I I had a similar experience when when it first all happened. You know, we we immediately went into organisational mode, almost a bit like a an army operation, sort of like right, okay, well, we need to make sure that we've got medication in, supplies in, you know, right, personal yeah. medical supplies, uh, and then start looking at the whole shopping thing. And, and for the first couple of weeks, it it was actually really quite challenging. We we couldn't get um the shop so we were a bit reliant on friends and family to begin with and we were you know we were looking around all the, the usual supermarket uh online facilities and deliveries and all the ones that we would normally go for we couldn't we couldn't supply um secure a uh delivery for quite some time but then we just happened to on the off chance similar to you tried iceland would you believe it or not and we found that consistently all throughout lockdown they've been the, the company that have been the most consistent and and with their availability and their the good quality of their food and, and the service so that's right it just yeah. goes to show you doesn't it you know you can go for the big ones and you don't necessarily get the experience the shopping experience with them that you would expect but go to a, a slightly lesser well publicized and, and well-known one and you get a completely different experience so I, I can I can share your frustrations and ex experiences on that one. It's it's been quite challenging, hasn't it? Um, yeah. And what how has it meant for you? What difference has it been for you in terms of your performance work? I mean, I'm assuming you've not been able to do any face to face live performance work, but have you been able to do anything in regards to recording things and taking part in events sort of well, digitally? Yes, well, it's quite funny because my first, I was given my first challenge um, to do something uh, which literally catapulted me into heading going outside and all the rest of it. 
uh, I was contacted by a festival in Canada um, who wanted to, uh, an artist, wanted someone, disabled people to uh, record their, create a postcode, sorry, a postcard, sorry, which um, would capture their experience during lockdown. Wow. And they were to do this in any kind of media, a be, you know, uh, yeah, film, uh, recordings, sound, whatever. Um, and and so <laughs> with that in mind, with, you know, that, that was the first thing that, the first challenge, I would say, because um, I, I, I knew that I'd need help to do that. Um, you know, uh, someone to help film me, um, find a space that's free outside, uh, you know, um, get to the space. And so that was my first challenge. Um, and I did do it and I submitted it and it got through and it will be uh, premiered. Uh, the, the film that I created uh, uh, will be premiered uh, uh, in, in September um, and will again appear next year at the Harbour Front Centre in Toronto. Wow. As part of the the uh, the lockdown, people's artist lockdown experience. Yeah, from all over the world, it's disabled people from all over the world. So fantastic. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, even out of adversity, like uh, a global pandemic, you've had a you've had the opportunity there to have uh, a performance experience that you n- wouldn't necessarily have had if we hadn't have all gone into lockdown. So that's actually put in a really positive twist on the whole experience if you think about it which which is really good yeah yeah totally totally and you know and and obviously i had to think about who who would you know um who i might want to, to help me in that process and um and then i had to think about how i was going to collate the video and um and who was going to be the person to put it all together for me which is which was one of my biggest concerns right but you managed to overcome <laughs> well, all of that and find somebody and you were able to put it all yeah, together yeah yeah i mean thankfully you know bar whatever at the robots or tavern the uh, lgbt night um which obviously is is not happening uh, at the moment um they have a really good film person who is really quick um you know you you can perform one day and the next day your video is ready. Wow. Um, and he, he is amazing, very special. Well, you you struck really lucky there then, which is a really good experience. Um, just for the benefit of everybody else that's listening uh, that don't know you and is not aware, aware of who you are and, and what you do from, from a performance point of view, can you, can you talk a little bit about, um, I understand... Um, you have a sensory impairment, so if you can talk a little bit about about that and what your what sort of your pathway has been from sort of school and college into into now sort of doing your performance work, what what's that been like? Well, that's been a, been an interesting journey. Yes, uh, as a visually impaired person. Um, I, I, to be fair, I've always been performing since school. I've always been in school plays, um, so I, I, I guess it, it was, uh, yeah. So I, 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 so I started performing at school, primary school, really, um, and then uh, I continued right through to secondary school and took uh, what was it, music quite seriously, um, and. Uh, and then I went to the Royal National College for the Blind right. in Hereford, yeah. uh, initially to do business studies, but I, I, I actually um, uh, took up a recreational dance class on a Tuesday night, and I just thought, do you know what, this feels really good, um, and and I was like, oh, you know, and I got, I kind of got really in, emotionally involved in the whole creating and dancing every Tuesday and I just thought this feels really amazing I think I want to change my course I think I want to change the entirety of what I'm doing here and so I I did and it was quite a big deal because um obviously um it was a, it's a funded college so you had to there's a long procedure um 
back then you would have to go you would have to be refused from a mainstream college to get the funding to go to um, a visually impaired college or as a matter of fact any disability college um, so um, so for me to change my course in the first within the first six weeks of being there was like it was the best time to do it because if it was any later then obviously the papers would definitely have settled and the governors at the uh, at, at the uh, in Birmingham City Council which is where I'm from originally um, would have probably said no but because I did it so quickly it was a very quick decision I had made um, that they were like yep yeah, great well you know so long as you get you you, you you uh you're successful and you get the good the marks and it should be fine so um yeah so that that's when my performing arts started i started out on the first on the full whack i did drama dance music then i dropped music and did drama dance and finally went back to music and dance which is uh where my heart lies really wow and did you get were you able to achieve a, an official qualification out of that yeah, yes, yes. I got my I got my BTEC first, uh, BTEC first, and my BTEC national diploma distinctions in dance and merits and music. Wow, I had a similar experience myself as a as a more mature student when I when I was working for um, the integrated dance company that I was involved with for a long time. Um, I decided because I'd had no performing arts, no official performing arts training whatsoever and, and, and no qualification I went into it purely from a recreational point of view and sort of that was my doorway as I was a bit later on in my career as I went from part-time to full-time with the company um, they offered me an opportunity um, to do a, sh a short um, a part-time course the BTEC performing arts course um, so I was there as a, as a mature student you know, I was sort of, I was in my 30s and I was with students uh, sort of 17, 16, 17, 18. So that was a bit wow. of a, that was a bit of a, a culture shock. But that was um, dance history, dance, practical dance, uh, the history of dance and performing arts. We did singing. So we had, we had a singing unit and vo vocal coaching and had to do exams and um, tests and things in, in all of that and uh, pr produce bodies of work and evidence and all that sort of thing and yeah so that was quite an interesting experience in itself as I was the I was the only person there the only student there with a disability and I ended up because I would I'd been dancing for seven or eight years at that point and I'd, I'd learned my own vocabulary as a result of the genre of dance that I was in um, yes, yeah. and funnily enough when it came to doing some of the like the, the dance technique classes that we'd have every day you know in the morning I ended up being the teacher most of the time because the teachers didn't really have a clue how to make any of their dance technique classes accessible to me so I ended right. up I have I ended up having to teach them the skill that I'd already developed to translate and make accessible some of the dance techniques that they were using um to make it accessible to me so that was a that was a bit of an experience i'm wondering because obviously we've got a similar background there um and yes. i i certainly know how getting involved in dance for me was was a real life changer on on so many levels in terms of my social skills my identity with my own body and who i was as a person that was when i I eventually, as a result of that, I was I was able to find the confidence and self-respect of myself and understand myself more, and that was where I, I more or less came out to people because of right. the level of confidence and acceptance that I had in that environment and, and what it did for me in terms of my own self-esteem. I'm just wondering if, if you could maybe talk a little bit about whether that was similar for you and, and how that affected you in a positive way getting involved well, yeah i mean because i i i kind of uh so i i came out when i was 18 
uh, it was a, it was it was kind of a coming out as an on you know I I think uh, I guess some people just come out all at once and family and friends know all together, but for me it was a bit more of a it was a longer a longer process um, uh, being from you know being um, um, Caribbean um, you know it's 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 something which some families will find very difficult and um and so i knew that i i i couldn't i I thought the best thing i can do is be honest with my friends at least um and also because at the time i mean i was i was still at college when i came out i think that was my last year um so um i mean the whole thing i think the the whole thing i'm me doing performing arts really allowed me to express myself and and to uh, to kind of lose any inhibitions that I might have had. Um, it, it was very freeing, and so um, yeah, it, it did give me. The, it definitely gave me the confidence to to be a bit more real about who I am, who I was, and to be more honest with people and to. Um, I guess stop having at the time what were quite not reckless relationships, but they were quite painful for people because I was being very dishonest with, you know, mm. you know, female partners as it were, and um, and, I, and it kind of, it kind of, I kind of got to a point of um, it was really weird, and I remember, um, I remember that the you know. Uh, the time when I realised there was something, there was something that just wasn't working out for me, and and, uh, and I actually had I actually had my my college we had counsellors, um, and I and I had a year of counselling to to help me um, come out and to help me um, get used to feeling the way I was feeling towards 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 men, um, so um, and and you know and to make sure that I. You know, I knew all there was to know at the time. <laughs> uh, you know, but I yeah, they they were really good with me. The counsellors, really, really good, and I thank them so much. And you know, um, it was. I mean, to be fair, I, I guess I I'd always known who I was, even before I lost my sight. I I still remember my very first um, connection with a with a with another boy when I was about f- five years. When I was about four, five years old. I remember that very well. And I, I think when I was felt ill with my brain tumor, um, I, I think I lost a lot of. I'd forgotten what had happened prior to that, and I just continued with everyone else to pretend and have relationships that were that the, where there was no no connection, no chemistry, nothing. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, and that, and that was something that I didn't, I personally didn't know about you in in terms of what you've said there about losing your sight and your brain tumor and things like that. I I I obviously wrongly made an assumption that that you had been visually impaired from birth. So that must have been a major personal challenge. Um, in itself you know having been a sighted person up until a certain time in in your life and then to have to go through something like like a brain tumor which you know is just i couldn't think of much worse to be honest and 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 losing your sight i mean i'm wondering whether as a result of all of that and then really finding yourself immersed in the sort of in the performing arts world and particularly the, the dance world, because I know that that's something that I can relate to, whether that that really helped you to rediscover yourself and um, re-evaluate yourself and really help you to sort of emotionally o- overcome all those really dramatic changes in your life and give you a, a renewed sen- sense of identity, because... For example, I always use the story when I'm talking about my experience of never being never been involved in dance before and then all of a sudden put into this this environment. I remember that 
the way I explain it to myself is I went through up until that point 20 20 odd years in my life of pretty much having this sort of the feeling of when I'm out and about in public and like don't look at me don't stare at me I wish I could just disappear into the background and, and no one you know I felt very much very conscious of the people staring at me and being someone that really stood out and, and that was a very negative experience to then all of a sudden be given this opportunity and this gift to, to be on stage with others and actually as an as a result of the the nature of the work that we were doing the fact that it was integrated so we had equal members on stage of people with and without disabilities of all different uh descriptions and it was a case of um i went very quickly from being in a situation where i was trying to hide away from my disability to the point of actually saying look at me here i am i'm on stage it's like i was getting my own i was getting control back of all of the things that i up to that point had found really negative about people's reactions to me in the world and i was able to sort of turn that on its head uh, and use that to my own advantage on my own on my own terms and it, and it really did like i say it really helped me to come out but it also really just just gave me a, a new sense of identity and, and confidence just just as a person and just yes, certainly yes. from a from a body image point of view as well i mean i'd always had a very low self-esteem in terms of my own body image and it and finding dance for me was the real turning point and uh i'm just wondering just how much of an impact that that had on you as well yeah um i mean so for me i mean uh, so given that i've kind of my i lost my full vision since the age of five um i've um I think for me, one thing that I have to say about a dance is something about kind of definitely more confidence in terms of how I might carry myself and spatial awareness and alignment and posture and things like that, um, which which are really important. Um, so and I, I you know I, that's something that I kind of stays with me as I walk around every day you know it's just it's just there um and uh and even also and definitely it helps with the whole uh, cabaret as well and um all that side of things um definitely you know really uh enables you to kind of take the stage and own it um I guess uh yeah so yeah i can totally uh, relate to that really relate to that so looking at looking at you as as a performer and the performance work that you do if someone was to come along i'm assuming to somewhere like um the Vauxhall tavern you know one of their events and things like that and you're on the bill what what can the audience expect give us an, a, a description of <laughs> the performance work that, that you would do and what what part of it do you enjoy the most? Oh wow! So one thing I have to say about I mean cabaret is that I'm able to like I guess any little things I've got going on in my head, any ideas I've got, any aspirations I've got, it seems to be one kind of part of the art where the arts where it's possible to put it all together. Um, so the chat with the audience, I love the chat with the audience, you know, um, and uh, bringing movement uh, to song with song is, is it, I love that as well, um, and yeah, so I guess I mean every single performance that I do at bar whatever is very different. So sometimes you might turn up and I could just be doing an avant-garde dance piece. Another time you turn up, I'll, I'll be lip-syncing to something. And another time, I'll be singing and having a chat with the audience and, uh, uh, you know, a bit, being a bit cheeky, a bit flirty. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, you know, it's, it, uh, nothing I, I don't do, um, I might do a, the same performance somewhere else, but bar whatever, uh, it's, uh, it's always something new and, and fresh. And, uh, and, and that's, that's how I like it. And also, I'm not afraid to perform, to do contemporary pieces, um, you know, um, I, I did a, I did a piece. Um, I've got a piece that I perform in in a in a, in a pink bag. I've seen that. Bag. I've seen that online, and it's wonderful. And um, that piece, uh, that idea, has uh, taken me to many different spaces. Um, and I, yeah. So from that to doing, um, and you know, a, a kind of more kind of. I guess the kind of African contemporary piece, mm. um, which I did last year for uh, Black History Month in, in October at the bar, at bar whatever, um, which is yeah. So wow. yeah, everything I do is, um, and also as I, I'm not very, you know, I I do what I do. Um, I'm not. I don't follow uh, the the rules of cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Why would you? Why would you? You know, so because they, they can be quite boring, yeah, um, and restrictive. And pe- people that don't are really interesting. Yeah, something a bit different. Yeah, I mean, in yeah. terms of your lip syncing and your your cabaret, your, your singing and and all of that interaction with the audience, would I be right in thinking? Um, is is that just you generally, or are you in drag? How how would you how would you describe your physical appearance? And your costumes oh, and whatever. So it, it yeah. Because obviously I'm familiar with the whole drag king, drag queen kind of um, yes. community. Would that be something that you would describe your work or would you describe it as something else? Um, well, I mean, some of my looks vary. I mean, I do wear wigs. Sometimes I might have a, a beehive curly be gone uh, with, a, with a multicolored sequin uh, dress. Um, and red six-inch stiletto heel platform front Dorothy uh, Dorothy shoes. Mm. Uh, other times I might be wearing a gold headpiece um, or the gold in a gold fitted short skirt with a gold jacket over that. Um, yeah. And 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 makeup, which is uh, Darren Evans, is a makeup artist, an absolutely amazing one. And so he does a lot of my makeup, and it's very kind of loud, and everything pops on the face, you know, glitter around the eyes and down the nose. And sometimes I'll even go as far... I mean, for the for the piece I did last year for Black History Month, um, I shaved my head zero, so there's no hair at wow. all. And what that meant, what that does is it creates a blank canvas for makeup to go right into just above the forehead and a little bit beyond and so last year Dan did a beautiful thing where he basically got a glitter to go right from the tip of my nose all the way up the bridge all the way up between the eyebrows and all the way into almost the center of my head and then it had then I had the same going across my below my eyes um and yeah and I'll always be wearing red pink or uh, a dark uh, kind of or black uh, lipstick um yeah wow so yeah i mean it sounds you know not that i'm that i agree with putting people in boxes and all the rest of it because that just drives me crazy but it does mm-hmm. it does sound if you were to describe it to somebody that that's not familiar um and then you're you're introducing yourself to them the first time. It does sound um, drag queen esque, but with your own individual kind of take That's on that. Right. Yeah, which yeah. Uh, which I think is really refreshing. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, with my own take on it, like yeah. I, I don't that you know there there are things like um, when I started out, I, I would wear I might wear a bra or something, but now like. I'm very much into this whole kind of not, not really, not having to be or look like, you know, push the idea of what I might think a woman 
should or might look like. So literally, you know, every time, it, um, it, it, you know, um, every time I look is different and sometimes I might wear something which which conveys a very feminine woman and other times I won't wear I won't wear all the fussy padding here and there and all the rest of it. Uh, and I'll just be whatever, you know, whatever you might see me as. <laughs> yeah, whatever so, you feel like on that day. You you're not you're not constrained to conforming to what the mainstream might necessarily be expecting from from a performance from somebody like yourself. You you keep pushing the boundaries with that which which I think is I yeah. think is brilliant and I think that's one thing that I think that people from the the disability arts point of view uh, and that environment that's something that is quite unique to us that we we could we can really utilize that because people just have so many preconceptions about what to expect from a, a person that's performing that's got a sensory impairment or some kind of physical disability so to be able to really push that and push your limits and push almost push the audience's um comfort zones um by by being really extreme i I, i'm all for that i think i think that's absolutely wonderful um that's fantastic can you talk a little bit about um as you sort of got more experienced and navigated your way into the whole performing world as somebody that's got sensory impairment what have been some of the obstacles that you've faced to sort of help you to progress with with your career either sort of on a a physical barrier point of view but also sort of a human human kind of attitude towards you and that kind of thing can you talk I know it's a bit negative and nobody likes to talk about negative things, but it would be good to put it in context, just sort of, I know what my barriers are in terms of being able to even get into a venue that's accessible. You know, and I'm, I'm imagining that there's there's a lot of similarities between what my barriers are and what your barriers are, but let's not forget that you're individual and I'm individual, and your experience yes. is, is going gonna, is gonna to be the same as mine to a degree, but you're going to have you're going to have other barriers as well. So can you talk a little bit about those? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, one thing that I did learn from, I did the Kanduka Foundation course back in 2000, gosh, when was it? 2004. And one thing that was kind of drilled into us is to, if you're attending a workshop, then it's always important to email beforehand, just introducing yourself and what your access requirements might be. Um, because if you just show up, then most, a lot of teachers will probably not be ready. And especially if the class is up to about 30 people. Um, so that was, that was something that stuck, that stuck with me. Um, and something I always do now is to introduce myself and say, look, you know, this is my situation. I'm visually impaired. Um, I will need uh, guidance from the station um, and showing around space. Um, and if there's any handouts or things, sometimes there are these weird handouts that crop up and you need to expect them, even in a practical work, dance workshop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I always go, right, could you email them to me, please? Yeah. And any text, in, can it be in a Word file so my software can read it? Um, so those are the things that are really important. Also, um, it, you know, when when I started to dance, I had to, I was, it was a case of me finding out which part of the dance world draws, draws me and which part do I feel really comfortable and which part of it can I access alone without too much of the pre-talk and actually it turns out that for me I mean I'm a, I'm a I love improvisation and um and techniques well that's another story because the things that I enjoy that are technical people some people will find very difficult like I love salsa I, I like tango you know um and all those type of techniques as opposed to the contemporary techniques and things like that. So, so uh, yeah, 
I love Indian dance, which are, you know, all those things. Um, aside from that, when it comes to other things, when it comes to a workshop that I'm going to turn up and enjoy myself, it would probably be something along the lines of body-mind centering or skin releasing, which are all very somatic um, and actually don't require you to be looking at the teacher. And if they do, it's a big deal. And everybody is invited to do so, and everyone's invited to try, and uh, even touch as well. Yeah, because um, those 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 disciplines are, are are based on what's going on internally, aren't they? So you can't learn yes. that from watching that. You have to experience that uh, internally yourself. So I, right. I've got a similar relation relationship to, to those as well. I I get a lot. I do get a lot from. Con- uh, contemporary improvisation um, but I, I enjoy uh, when I discovered body mind centering that just blew my world um, so I can I can completely relate to that um, what about in terms of you turning up for you know at venues and wanting to take part in um, festivals and events you know when we're all able to get back out into the wider world again what are some of the I mean what you described me requires you having to take that that responsibility on of doing all that preparation work beforehand the phone calls the exchanging of emails and and yeah, and finding your way that's that's even before you've even got there that's you know, right yeah it's the same and is I mean, it the same, the same venues and things like that i mean how does it can you just turn up can you just book book yourself on to to do something on stage at a venue and then just turn up or is is there a similar dialogue and routine that you I mean, have to yeah, go to? It's, it's very much the same. It doesn't change. It's still the same, mm. um, you know. And uh, so, and obviously, there's a, there's there's so there's there's the access stuff, which uh, which is very important, and also finding out about um, the stage if there's going to be a stage. Um, is 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 there? You know. Um, it is would it be clear uh, if it's not possible if there's, for example sometimes there are perform there are performances which um there are situations where the stage can't be cleared exactly because um because i don't know they haven't got the team or enough people to clear the stage mm. so then you kind of have to think about what you're going to do and how it's going to work with that space because the common scenario is there might be a band on or something like that, or there's a few singers on, and you're not singing that time. That's not what you had in. That's not what I had in in mind. So, you know, uh, so all all this kind of chat has to happen in good in a good in good time. Mm. Um, and then also, there's the, the sending over of files music files and um, all that and making sure they work and making sure you've got a backup plan um, so that if they don't get through if they didn't get the email mm. uh, there's all, uh, all that um, obviously if, if it's not in the same city then there's a accommodation to sort out and travelling there and what happens after the event after the event how do you get back mm. is anyone going back in that direction um yeah, and also changing facilities and things like that. And um, when I first started, I, I I really needed a lot of help with my makeup and stuff. Um, whereas now I'm a little bit more. I can put on a basic face, as it were. Uh, so that's foundation, um, a lipstick, and some blusher and a bit of glitter. And that's what I do on my own. Um, with oh, um, but saying I say on my own. But I'm always asking people that are sighted around me if things are even, because I won't never know. No. You know, I, I just can't see what I can't. You know, makeup has got to be the most faint thing to see. When it's on the face, it it, it seems like that that I, I know there's something there, but I can't tell you what's even and what isn't. I can't tell you. If, you know, uh, the blush is too light, too high, too low. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't know what colour it is. Unless, unless it's bold, unless someone's like wearing a, 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 a maybe using clown makeup, which is actually paint. Yeah. 
So that's yeah. that's a unique challenge that most other performers out there on the cabaret scene w would never even consider because you know like like me like with the, lots of things that I can do in my life regardless of what I can't do and that's can't walk um you take all the other stuff for granted so that's that's quite unique to you and I think that's really that's a really valid point that you actually that you've mentioned there because it, it will bring more awareness um and understanding to you know to people that all of that stuff that you have to go through just to actually get you to the point of being on stage and then you've got to think about um your performance and whether you've remembered the steps whether you've remembered the words and, and all the rest of it and that's right and stage yeah. direction and where the yeah. lights are and all the rest of it that's before you even got on stage you've had to you uniquely have had yeah. all that 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 you've had that you have to go through every time you do a live performance right. and that's you know that in itself that's tiring that's really it tiring can be a, yeah and, and it's amazing how many spaces are not you know that there are a lot of stages which have a i'm not sure if you know this but there are a lot of stages that have a white line um around them uh but there are when you come across a, when i come across a space that isn't really marked out that's another thing to, to add to the things to do that yeah. need doing yeah um yeah and i know a lot so. of the stage directors and the the techies they use they they use gaffer tape for marking where the center spot is and things like that and it's a That's question, right. question of when, yeah. when you've got the stage lights on as well if you've got a visual impairment if they've you probably if they've just used the white tape which they normally do can you see that you know is, is that going to be clear enough you know or do you need them to get to to use more fluorescent colors that stand out and things yeah, like that yeah. all of that nobody I mean, else would even somebody sitting there in the audience watching you that watching you do your performance would have yeah. no idea that all that preparation you have to oh no go through. no i mean yeah and also that that mark the mark on stage for me it's not about the white mark is generally fine providing uh, obviously if the floor if my but i work with contrast a lot so if the floor's dark then the white thing is fine mm. if it's lighter then it would have to be a black a black marking and also for more, more importantly it's more about the size of the marking yeah um not yeah so if it's not big enough then that's you know that's no help yeah um if I, if i'm working barefooted that i'm a, that that helps a lot because i can feel the marking right yes of course yes which is a which is a great help actually yeah, yeah. that's that's a good point um in terms of audiences and and things like that that, that you've come across do you find that um I mean, a do you do you focus mainly on doing events and doing performance sort of within a, a safe disability environment, or do you go out? Do you, do you think that most of your audience is is pretty much mainstream? And if that's the case, what sort of responses, either good or bad, have you had over the years? I mean, have you had any sort of deliberate kind of discrimination or? Or has it always been really, really positive? What What's your experience been? Um, oh, it's really funny you mention about that because it makes me think about. Do you know what's? Really, I think I, ha I think one thing I have I say noticed is that um, I think in terms of mainstream audiences, um, definitely with the cabaret, um, that's you know performing with to mainstream audiences and then like you know uh from that's the rvt to the south bank to um you know um various other pubs yeah yeah uh, there's a lot and and, uh, and uh, yeah and i've had very good responses from them from people that were totally surprised and a bit upset about you know like to, to, you know that basically saying that I've made them feel very emotional um, by my performance, and, and uh, um, oh, that was well said when you mentioned about um, community and the LGBT community. Is there such a thing? Type thing. Uh, so yeah, I've had I've had really some positive responses, definitely. 
Um, uh, and even in disability audiences when I've performed, um, yeah, overall positive stuff. Um, yeah, um, I can safely say that it def it definitely. It's all been really positive. It has been. Good. Um, yeah, I That's... can't really think of a negative. I mean, uh, the only thing I, I think the only thing I remember coming across was when I did. Um, there was I, I've done some photography in the past, and um, <laughs> on YouTube uh, there were people complaining about well, how can a visually impaired person do photography, and I was like, oh god, you need to do some googling, mm. like. It, it's the community the community is massive that you have no idea what you're talking about yeah. and that's the only thing i've had really um the only negative thing i've come across um yeah well that's that's really encouraging and you know bearing in that in mind and bearing in mind all of your experience and your um your prof your professional career if there's a, a young um, LGBT uh, person out there with, with a disability that's really interested in finding their way through into sort of doing performance work, what sort of advice would you give them in terms of their, their pathway? And um, I would say take your time to find out what it is you really want. Don't rush and um go to performances um you know really go to as many as you can meet lots of artists but do you you know don't don't try and be um something that you think you should be just do you be you and people people will people will be drawn to you for for, for being honest um and for 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 doing for doing for doing you for being mm. honest doing your doing your thing as you do it not because you've seen another drag queen do it that you're doing it that way mm. so yeah that, that's what i would say and, and take your time there's no rush that's really brilliant advice that's and I, and I completely agree with all of that that's that's brilliant okay so aside from all the performance work that you do and you strike me as somebody that's a real social animal and you know you like being around people and what what do you like to do for fun how do you relax and get the most out of uh your free time when, when you're not performing and, and preparing to perform um well that's interesting well i do i mean generally uh i you know meet up with friends we're going out for dinner uh back in the day when you were able to go out for a dance that would be That'll be that was a thing, um, <laughs> but now it's kind of going out for dinners uh, and making the most of the restaurants whilst they're open, and going out for picnics um, and drinks, um, checking out other um, performances, um, and before this whole pandemic happened, I would go to Italy and Spain. Uh, for for a holiday, nice. um, just to relax. Uh, when it, when it's I, so, Italy I'd go to in August, and my friend has a has a has a house out there, and it, and it's really nice, and uh, that was kind of my treat because also, um, the food and the produce is fresh, so I was getting fresh food, um, and then Spain was just time another time to relax as well, um, and also just top up on my vitamin D because uh, uh, I have osteopenia so um, it would help sunlight helps with that and exposure to sun helps with that yeah. so yeah wow brilliant well let's hope that you can well, we can get this pandemic situation over and done with and we can get you back out to Spain and Italy again and, and enjoy some oh, of that that, be so wonderful. that wonderful be so fresh wonderful. produce and the, and the vitamin D Right, um, yeah. just very quickly, I'm going to wrap up now, but where where can people get in touch with you? Where can people see evidence of your work? What, what's your sort of... Can you give out some of your social media details so yeah. people can follow you? 
So you can find me on YouTube, Ebony Rose Dark. There's lots of videos on there. You can follow me on Instagram, Ebony Rose Dark. And you can also like my page on Facebook, Ebony Rose Dark. Pretty simple. Brilliant. Okay, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up there. Um, okay. I just want to say thank you, thank you for coming forward and and uh, talking about your experience and and your career. And I personally can't wait to see you getting out there and doing more work and uh, maybe even doing some work with you at some point. That'd be nice to do some form of that'd be fantastic collaboration. Yeah. It it would be lovely. That, that'd be great. We'll have to talk oh, about that. Be before I go, I'd like to mention that I am going to be uh there'll be a live streamed performance of me um on sunday this this sunday at the crystal palace festival wow uh so you can you um i think i'm on after four o'clock so if you sit online sit on the thing on <laughs> online and wait uh, uh, i think i'll be on at 20 past four or something like that and what and so, who, who is that with so how do people find that that's if you if you Google Crystal Palace Festival, right? And I think that there should be some kind of thing uh, a link to follow. As a matter of fact, they're on Instagram and Facebook, so probably best because um, I don't know what I don't know what line they're using. I don't know what uh, format it will be. Right. So yeah, it, either of those things, uh, you'll be able to keep up uh, with with the uh, timings and and the program right brilliant okay well let's hope we can uh, get people tuning in for that and, and giving you some support and enjoying your brilliant performance work well, listen thank you. thank you for for today i really appreciate it thank um, you Sally. it's been really interesting to get your your perspective um on your career and the challenges that you face etc and how you've how you've overcome all of those and continue to like you say just be you and uh, bring that unique element in, into your performance work it's, I think it's really encouraging uh, and inspirational for any young performer out there listening potentially wanting to follow a similar career path I think it's really quite yeah. quite an inspirational story so thank you for your time and thank uh, you. thanks everyone for listening I'll be back again in the next few weeks with some more interviews um thanks for your time ebony take care of yourself and you too all the best and i'll see you and speak to you again really soon hopefully yes take definitely. care and take care everyone care. see you next time bye 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 hi this is sally from rainbow warrior the podcast just want to say thanks for listening and if you enjoyed the podcast please press subscribe so you can find out when the next episode is coming your way and show me some love on spotify thanks very much